This is Ken Forster, Executive Director of Momenta Partners and Momenta Ventures. Welcome to our Digital Leadership Podcast. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry practitioners. We hope you find these podcasts informative, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to edition 98 of our Momenta Digital Leadership Podcast Series. This one titled Connected Mobility. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Greg Snipper, co-founder and CEO of Continual, a Momenta Ventures portfolio company headquartered in Israel. Greg brings over 28 years of international experience in business development and sales, including over 18 years in the mobile optimization market, subscriber experience and subscription behavior analytics. He has held senior leadership positions in publicly traded companies and startups in the telecoms and semiconductor sectors. Greg voluntarily monitors, oh, excuse me, I hit that one wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say that one again. So Greg voluntary, voluntarily, ment- uh, here we go again. Greg voluntarily mentors young startups to help grow their company business. Greg, welcome to the Momenta Digital Leadership Podcast Series. Hello and uh, good morning to you. All right, and to you as well. So let's start with your professional journey. We always like to talk about how, you know, what the experiences are that got you to where you are today. So tell us a bit about your background and how it has informed your view of digital industry. So I don't know if I want to go really back uh, on the days of me being milking cows on the kibbutz. But actually, that was my very first time that I saw the on 82, the computer PCs. And I was extremely fascinated with the technology. And being a farmer and then uh, moving into technology, I think at that time, I knew that what I want to do in life is technology and people. And uh, looking at my background, I always went in those two paths. Uh, I was moving from uh, one uh, technology company, uh, mainly in the side of uh, business development, sales, marketing, but all around people. Those are two things that I really believe. And what I really liked was to take, uh, or I would say I saw people take dreams kick it far away and go and reach out to that. And before I started up Continual, I actually joined those people that had their own dreams and I joined them, I joined them in this journey. So looking backwards, I was trying to build up myself to be in a position that I'll have enough tools to start up my own company. And by the way, this is also a very big question. When are you ready? Is there a certain time when you're ready? Is it when you end up your university or you go out after 20 years of experience? But what I saw, eventually, you need to build up. You need to emotionally take out the passion and say, guys, now, or when I say guys, it's to myself, now I'm ready. I've got good experience and I feel that I found the right 
technology solution that I'm going to change the world and make many, many people happy. This need to come from your real bottom of your heart. So I hope this is uh, answering your question, Ken. It, uh, it it certainly has helped provide some background. I love people who have bootstrapped their way up and uh, and starting milking cows uh, <laughs> to moving to technology plus people to uh, really becoming the point where you know you're taking your own advice, not only activating it but mentoring others is uh, is quite a calling. So, what was your inspiration for starting Continual? And please tell us a little bit about the company as well. Sure. So I've been working uh, in the telecommunication for over 28 years, but specifically uh, prior to um, working in in Continuum for the past uh, nine years, I've been working in the optimization market. And I saw the pain of one hand, the mobile operators trying to optimize the the network and really give better experience to subscribers using tools that I would call it living in the comfort zone. So very traditional probes that you install over the network. And together with a colleague of mine that he became afterwards my co-founder, working at the local operator over here in Israel, we got a mission how to reduce um, the drive testing cars uh, fleet and obviously reducing cost. And we were trying to use all the main traditional tools, which is probes and different types of analyzers. And we said, no, we need to touch the experience of the subscribers. How are we going to do that? And it took us around six months to come up with this idea of monitoring, I'll just mention a term which is called CDRs, but CDRs in the terms of mobile operators are reflecting the behavior of the subscriber. And we started analyzing the behavior of each subscriber which is in motion. And then translating that into mathematical algorithm and into RF behavior. This Today, I can see it's thinking out of the box because it's philosophy together with engineering. And you bring those things together to the traditional engineers, they don't really know how to digest that. And this is what made us very, very unique. And we started developing uh, this idea. And I think after about... uh, I'd say eight months, we had a code and um, we did a test. And I said, okay, why don't we try and see uh, if we can actually monitor subscribers in motion? And we put in, uh, actually it's it's a nice story, but we put in my wife's um, mobile device and my colleague started going red. And he said, uh, I told him, why are you so... uh, uh, blushing, and he said, look, I can see that your wife is right now uh, in the mall, and it was 11 o'clock in the morning. So I said, don't worry, she's not spending my money, uh, she's working there. So this is how we understood 
that the technology is working. And this is how we actually started. Uh, just to mention, it was cell mining, and we pivot into continual. Uh, but this is how we actually started continual. And the idea was to reduce big amount of cost of probes installed on the network and actually be very focused on subscribers' behavior. Subscribers, we called it at that time subscriber behavior, but actually it's a subscriber experience. We learn what is the experience of each subscriber and based on this behavior of this experience, we translate it to radio uh, frequency uh, um, correction. We optimize the network and we improve his experience and we measure that on a daily basis. So this is the small story how we actually, how I actually started the continuum. I think what really appealed to us, um, uh, you know, especially call out gentleman uh, Gaddy Lenz. Uh, Gaddy used to be chief uh, science officer at uh, AGT International, and Gaddy actually introduced us a while back, so he's been a good friend for a while. Uh, brilliant, brilliant engineer. The um, what uh, really appealed to us was this thought that as the industry moves to um, connected vehicles and now you know the next step of autonomous vehicles there's an assumption that you will have a certain quality of communications ability and and um that is um, an assumption that i don't know that you can fully make and so the idea of being able to predict what your connectivity will look like over a anticipated journey is actually you know a pretty interesting thought um, and one that could underlie a lot of the move to connected mobility and thus um, that was where you know gaddy had mentioned you guys were effectively solving that and doing so with a relatively light touch approach uh, in that regard i know you guys have uh, have been growing since 2010, um, supporting, I guess, what we call waves of optimization, you know, connectivity over mobile network operators and autonomous vehicles. What, what have you learned about the con the connected mobility space in that time? Okay, starting uh, 2010, 2011, uh, our main mission was mainly to reduce the drive, de drive testing co uh, cost and fleets which today we see it's uh, so ineffective. You know, we just completed a very big uh, test over Germany and they're using the same method of drive testing. They are covering 200, sorry, 20,000 kilometers of roads per year out of 260,000 kilometers. And to cover the entire Germany, it will be so costly. And using drive testing cars, so you drive over the roads at one spot today, maybe next week, maybe next month. With our system, it's a 24-7 covering the entire roads. And 2011, connectivity over the roads was okay. Um, I think there was some tolerance from the subscribers if you have disconnections. Uh, but today, it's not acceptable, not by subscribers that either doing voice uh, uh, voice calls or data calls. For the connected car perspective, for the car manufacturers, it's a must. 
they need to have 99.9% of connectivity. And today it's not existing. So with our system, we're actually working in between the car manufacturers and the mobile operators. We measure the connectivity over the roads. For them, for the car manufacturers, which are now developing the L3 and L4, I'm not talking about the L5, it's extremely important to understand when they need to command the driver to take over. So on top of that, we developed a predictive model that we can predict connectivity two hours ahead on roads. And that will help either car manufacturers develop their own software for the L3 and L4. And obviously for the mobile operators to prepare the infrastructure two hours ahead for high connectivity uh, if they see traffic is coming. So we see a huge difference between what we saw in 2011, what we see today, and where the market is going to go, and where we are a major part in this connectivity connections between cars and, and the network infrastructure. Um, Okay, so th th that might answer on the difference between what we see between what we saw, sorry, 2011 and what we see today and where it's going to go to. So your key clients in this case are a combination, as you say, of the uh, OEMs, the automobile manufacturers and the, uh, the, the, the carriers, the major telco operators. How do you work with each of these clients to make your deployments so successful as they've been? Okay, I will divide it into two, and I think this is going back to what is an entrepreneur uh, and what is a startup company. Um, so we've been uh, deploying now, we, we won a major deal with uh, Vodafone, and we won a major deal uh, with T-Mobile in the US. Um, and today, and I might even hint to the next step, but today the correlation between mobile operators and car manufacturer is a must. Without that, the connected car market will not happen. So if you look at the OEMs, at the car manufacturers, the main challenge, first challenge was to have autonomous driving on what we call near line of sight. So they have the radars, the cameras, and all the sensors, and the car can drive on its own. But if you want to go on a non-line of sight, you want to know what is going to happen on the next junction, you want to know what is going to happen on the next city, how are you going to drive there? Is the traffic jam? Is the connectivity uh, okay? I'm watching now some Netflix. So is the bandwidth enough to have a good quality uh, downstream or video streaming video, all those things are now uh, related to the connectivity between the car and the network. And this is where we come into the picture very strongly. And I can say just one point, very important point over here. Uh, we were single bidders in those two, T-Mobile and, and Vodafone. We see now an advantage, we have a gap, 
maybe of two years, maybe of two and a half years of technology, very unique technology that doesn't exist today on the market. So we want to really take a good advantage of that. But what made us very successful, and I think this is part of, uh, part of us as a startup company. We are not afraid of working with the big ones, with the big car manufacturers, with the big operators. Um, we like to challenge, we like to be challenged. And when we came with this unique technology, we took some people at the operator out of the comfort zone because they are working with the big vendors with the traditional tools. And coming with a new tool, you had to have some innovative engineers over there to approve it. So we managed to detect those innovative engineers and they were key influencer inside of this operator. On top of that, it's us being together with them, trying to understand the needs and showing them that we can solve the problems. Not take us as guarantee, um, as a company that will back them up like Nokia or Ericsson, but we had to prove that our technology is functioning and working correctly. That uh, demand from us to be a lot in the field and work hand to hand together with them, build up very good relationship and friendship. But first is to prove that we have good technology. Second is that we can back them up. And third is to bring on almost quarterly basis innovation, new things that will improve them. Because if they're happy, if their subscribers are happy, we will always be happy. So I hope this is answering uh, your question. Yes, it is. Yeah, I love what you said right at the end. It's um, it's really proving your value initially, uh, ongoing in terms of supporting and continuing to add value into that relationship in terms of innovation. Uh, that is uh, really relationship management 101 and, uh, and, and definitely a key for you and many of our other portfolio companies in terms of how they help their clients create value. Um, I'm going to ask you to put on your kind of futures hat for a moment here. You know, one I'd be interested what you've seen in terms of, I'll call it the post-COVID, if you will, if it's fair to say that at this point, uh, um, um, society, and, and probably more importantly, what do you see as the largest challenges for connected mobility over the next five years? And again, so it's bringing me back to why I enjoy being an entrepreneur. And... One of the thing is, is uh, taking your dreams, kicking them far, far, far away, and then taking a team together with you and going to uh, reach them out. And this is what we are doing now. This is what I did in the last 10, uh, 10 or 9, 10 years. I um, took my dream, got a very good team over here, uh, most of them are much, much more clever than me, which is good. So I have more time uh, to play around, as you saw that I'm volunteering with mentorship. And we have a good team here that together we take the dream and achieve it. Now, what are we going to see in the next five years? The main challenge over here will be to get the operators talk together with the car manufacturers 
And we are doing some, well, we're doing a lot of effort now to bring them together onto a same table to discuss connectivity and why it's very important for launching out, rolling out 5G and future 6G and for the car manufacturers to roll out L3, L4 and future L5, which is full autonomous driving. And I saw that it's not enough. We need another player because in those two parties, the operators and the car manufacturers, there is a lot of ego, there's a lot of suspicious, and we need to bring another company that will be launching a cloud. That on top of this cloud, you'll be getting data coming from the car manufacturers, data coming from their cars itself, related to telematics, infotainment, and connectivity. So all around the part of connectivity, also infotainment will be analyzed on the cloud together with data coming from the operator. Connectivity level, uh, quality of video, quality of voice, and so on and so on, and use some of our predictive models that will be launched on the cloud. Now, who can run this cloud? To my opinion, very, very few companies in the world, and this is the big challenge, how we can actually move to that direction. It could be companies like Nokia, Ericsson, uh, maybe here, uh, maybe uh, Intel, maybe even uh, Microsoft with Azure or uh, Google. But those companies will eventually, if we look five or if I look 10 years ahead, eventually all the data will be on the cloud, analyzed from two directions and making the connected car market happen. So this is my vision. It's not so easy. Uh, I see in front of my in front of my vision here a huge wall. But as an entrepreneur, when we see walls, we get excited. How do we overcome this wall? Who do we need to bring in order to overcome this wall? Is it money? Maybe it's not enough. Is it clever people that are thinking out of the box to crack this wall? And this is all the challenges in the past 10 to nine, uh, nine years that I've been facing. Every year, a new wall that we need to crack down. Mm. So there is a huge one now waiting for us in the next five to 10 years. And I'm quite sure that we will uh, crack that down too. Excellent. So you have the honor of being Momenta Ventures' first investment in Israel and a, a country that has quickly become a true startup nation. I'm going to ask you to put your um, Israel promotion hat on for a minute because I'm really curious. What makes Israel so successful in this regard? Uh, it's a good question. Um and I'm, uh, I must say that I'm very happy to to take and answer it. Um, maybe it's because of the environment where we live over here. So we are constantly in survival mode. And uh, we grew up as children as a survival mode. But we grew up as people that we need to think out of the box if we want to survive. Uh, don't complain too much. 
be positive because otherwise in this area, if you're not positive, uh, you will not be smiling. And be creative. Now, with those tools, we actually go into the military. And in the military, you add additional be disciplined and persist. Now you take all those tools together and you put now another thing that I believe very strongly, put emotions. Because if you want to have a startup, uh, you need to believe very strongly in the people next to you, in your partners, and the technology. And you take those two things and you're going to say, I'm going to be the standard in the world. I'm going to change this part in the world. I'm going to make people happy. Because if you don't have those things, eventually on the first obstacle, you will give up. And you know, and I've been going through that in the last nine to 10 years, there are many, many obstacles. Some of them are unbelievable that I didn't imagine. I thought in the military, I went through physical and mental uh, uh, um, difficulties. Going through a startup, it's much larger. And if you don't believe the first, second, or the 10th obstacle, you will give up. So never give up. If you believe in something, do it. And this is what we've been educated. This is how I educate my children. Take your way, believe in it, and go and achieve the goal. And I think this is representing very much many of the Israelis. It's slightly problematic in a way, because in Israel it's a trend to start up companies. And I'm doing mentorship currently uh, on, and I'll explain in a few words, but currently I'm working with four uh, companies volunteering once a week. I take a vacation and I go up north and sit together with young guys that want to start up a company. But because they think it's a trend, so they can join in and the money is very uh, uh, easy to come. Uh, and the first obstacle that comes on the way, they give up because either they don't have good experience or they don't believe or the technology is not good enough. So you need to do some good homework before. You need to understand that there is a need. Once you got that, it's okay. And then uh, you need to believe in yourself and in your team and take this dream and just go, go after it. Don't give up, chase it, make sure that you achieve it. Because if you don't believe it, again, the first obstacle, you'll give up and uh, end of startup. You know, I, I, I like the way that you um, you portrayed the, um, the value proposition of uh, Israel. So I'll call it motivation plus discipline plus persistence plus I think what I'd call passion, which you called emotions, and all of those things certainly are the traits of a of a good startup entrepreneur. And I'm I'm impressed that as busy as you are, you take the time to work with these young companies as uh, as well. Um, 
What what startups, I guess I should say beyond Continual, do you see as the ones to watch in the digital industry space? Um, one of the startups that I've been uh, following, um, uh, it's part of the volunteering activity that I'm doing up north in Israel, which I'm, by the way, doing it to give a chance to young people to start up a company and they don't need to come to the Tel Aviv Silicon Valley. And they chose to live up north where the echo system around high techs is, is not existing there. And in the past four to five years, we're building up some uh, accelerators over there to give them the chance. And I met this company, it's called uh, Solvit. And it's they developed a very unique chocolate which reduce the sugar level. And it's for diabetes. And I think this is going to be a huge breakthrough in the world. So go into Solve It, it's S-O-L-V-E-A-T. Very interesting company, uh, which is reflecting a contradiction. Because if you ask a diabetic person, what is your dream? He said, just give me a chocolate bar. I just want to have a nice bite of a chocolate bar, but they can't have it. And this is the chocolate that they could have because it's not only sweet, it reduces the sugar level in their blood. So I would recommend to look at them. I'm looking carefully after them. And uh, because uh, uh, Momenta is headquartered in Switzerland, and Switzerland is certainly known for its chocolate, I've got to figure a way to lift and shift that company into Switzerland. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, it's not only Switzerland. It's going to be a huge change, I think, in the world because it's – and this is the beauty of it. This is the beauty of taking some dreams and ideas and storming it into the world. Final question we always like to ask, what recommendations might you have for books or other resources that inspire you? So, well, since the corona, I've not been traveling, uh, but I spend a lot of time while I'm uh, on planes. Uh, I like to read the books around um, spies, the Mossad, the FBI, the CIA, uh, all sorts of stories. And why is that? Uh, first of all, it's uh, challenging and interesting. And I'm, in a way, coming from some, some activity around it. Um, but it's all around people. And I believe that successful company is based on 80% good intelligence and 20% negotiation skills. And even while you're doing negotiation, if you come with zero intelligence, you probably will fail. So they don't tell you all the secrets there, but if you can read in between the lines, you can find very interesting things there. And at one of my previous company was when I was still a VP sales, I bought each one of our sales team uh, a book around uh, the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence uh, agency. 
And uh, I told him, look, you can read the stories. It's interesting, but try and understand how they work there. What are they doing to get information in order to score? And this is exactly how you do business development, how you do sales, and how you do good business. Intelligent, 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 and I enjoy reading it. So I read at least once a month a book around that. It's great inspiration. So this has been Greg Snipper, co-founder and CEO of Continual. Uh, I'll call him a lifelong entrepreneur and a connected mobility practitioner. Greg, thank you so much for joining us on the Momenta podcast, uh, digital leadership podcast series. Ken, it was a pleasure talking to you. And thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Although it's in my non-comfort zone, but I hope I uh, managed to uh, pass the message here. I think you did a great job, and I think you might have found yourself a a, a new career as the spokesmodel for uh, Israeli startup nation. <laughs> so please join us next week for edition 99 of our Momenta Digital Leadership podcast series, and we're coming up to the magical number 100 uh, featuring a uh, very special guest. So uh, we will look forward to uh, speaking with you all soon. Thank you and take care. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Leadership Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the discussions. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of prior podcasts, webinars, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening.